Our podcast is about a town, a small town, on a TV show, and the people who live in that town. They're probably in their 20s, but they're pretending to be 16 years old, and from a distance, they look young, but up close, they're really old, and they're probably all having sex with each other. And the town is called Riverdale. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. to be a farmer. Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Jeff. You lose. It Professor Plum. I said Plum. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosabe. We're in a pinch of the starter, the Bernoulli Converginator. If he puts a car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, <laughs> Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin. <laughs> and now your average Saturday morning continues with Mallory Saverin, who is dying over here. <laughs> Did that opening get you? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be I can't breathe. <laughs> she had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> she had no idea that I was going to do the Cole Sprouts. <laughs> I want to point out that, that Mallory has pointed out when people laugh on this podcast in the beginning, she automatically turns it off, and now she's one of those people who's laughing uncontrollably. Oh my god, I'm in so much pain. Oh my god, I'm getting my app workout in. She was holding that laugh in for like the minute that I was doing that. I really thought I was going to burst. That was very funny. <laughs> So, now your average Saturday morning continues with the pilot of Riverdale, Chapter 1, The River's Edge, which is a play on the movie The River's Edge, or Razor's Edge, however you want to call it. So, uh, we both, not even ironically, like, we like Riverdale because it's like, oh my God. it's a beautiful no... train wreck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep laughing. There's, I'm sorry, I'm just going to, yeah, the... There is, oh, I don't even know. Yeah, no, not ironically at all. There's no irony in watching this. This is one of the most delightful watching experiences. It's that it's, I can't even explain how enjoyable it is to watch. It's like if Twin Peaks and 90210 had a baby. Yeah. And it's ironic because Matchin Amick from, who is Shelly Johnson from Twin Peaks, is the mother of Betty Cooper, and Luke Perry, who played uh, Fred Andrews. Fred Andrews on this show, but he was on Nine Hundred Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I don't know. Dylan, I don't Dylan, know. whatever. All those guys look the same to me. But he played Jason Priestley on Nine Hundred Two. Yeah. But he, him and her, just having someone from Twin Peaks and having someone from Nine Hundred Two One Zero just solidifies my argument. And the cast is insane. Yeah. Because yeah. Cole Sprouse. Oh, my gosh. Cole Sprouse. He is so pretty. I, I was going to say good. I Well, there's that. So, I mean, 
He's got, I, I will say he has a case of the handsomes. He's got a bad... He's very... Yeah. He's, he's got a really, terminal case of the handsomes. He's got a real sexy vibe about him that just... You know, it, the only good thing about the fact that they are playing high schoolers and aren't actually high schoolers is that it removes the ick factor of finding him so sexy. Because uh, <laughs> otherwise, there's a big ick. But no, he's a very, very sexy character. He's like the perfect... like. The casting for most of the cast is perfect. Well, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't feel that any of the actors are not in the right role for them. Right. I mean, now now that the truth is coming out about KJ Appa. Yeah. Like how he is not very nice to his fans mm. and how he's a a perfectionist. And this was and this was news to me, which is so disappointing. Cuz he was the kid from A Dog's Purpose. Didn't see it. He he played young Dennis Quaid. Okay. Um, that's a movie that to do in the bagel basket because mm. that, uh, <laughs> literally a movie like if you've ever been to the website Does the Dog Die, this would kill that website because the dog dies like every ten minutes in a dog's purpose. Yeah. It's about a dog being reborn. I I do know that. Yes, I've heard yep. of this movie. I do and know he's movie. in it. Archie is in it. Okay. I mean, not that. Not I mean, watching the pilot, which I haven't rewatched since it originally aired. Um, you know, uh, there's so many things I could say about Archie. We okay, we've watched the pilot a ton because we've showed this. Haley and I have showed this to so many people, really, who have never seen the show because this pilot alone, like, the whole premise of doing not your average Saturday morning with you was to take shows that were based on Saturday morning cartoons. So, Archie comics goes back all the way to the fifties. Yeah, and back then it was very wholesome. It was very, you know. Honey, da 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 dun dun. Yeah, because that's where I mean, the song. Still, and I read, I read the comics as a kid, and and for for years, and it was it was still pretty PG. I mean, it yeah, was still cause, very cause wholesome. It was like, and Archie, you were holding Betty's hand, but you're going out with me, Veronica. Yeah. And Cheryl's over here, like, hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, and so it. I will say this though, um, the character flaws in Archie in the comics versus the show are relatively consistent in that Archie has no personality whatsoever. And I don't, I've, I never understand why anyone is interested in this guy because he treats people like crap. He strings people along. He's not a good friend to anyone. And he is just completely uninteresting. He's so uninteresting. (sighs) He's so boring. He's, He's basically milquetoast. He's very... His biggest problem is that he either trusts people too much or, like, he wants to play music. Yeah, it's just very... I mean, I don't believe a single thing that he says. And then adding on top of that, knowing that the actor is, is you know, not great, I guess. I mean, not that I've met him personally, and I only heard about this today. That Well, I, I've I've heard this on you know other other sites like i've okay i mean that's just, it's just so uncool it's so uncool to not try and embrace your fans and and you know i i understand and not get along with your fellow yeah cats. i mean that's just crazy it's because really archie i'm sorry it's not called archie and friends it's called that's what the cartoon was called that's, that's what i'm yeah. saying it's not archie and friends it's 
it's Riverdale. This is an ensemble show. The And, you know, obviously we only watched the pilot, but for anyone who's seen any additional episodes, this is an ensemble show. This is about everybody. Everybody has their own arc. Everyone has their own storyline. And Archie's is by far the least yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, w- I would say that the two most interesting story arcs are Jughead's. Yep, absolutely, 100%. And Cheryl's. Absolutely. Um, Veronica's is not terrible. It's not. I, I will say that in this episode, I you know, I compared um Cheryl and Veronica a lot. You know, mean girl to mean girl, but the difference is is that Cheryl is absolutely flawless. Okay, so she is Yeah, one, let's talk is, about Madeline Pish Pesh Pesche. I, I don't have a clue. It's Madeline and it's spelled P E S C H. That's Cheryl. That's Cheryl. Yeah. She is she is so flawless. I can't, I sometimes, it's like staring at the sun. Like, I can't, I can't look too hard because it's just so beautiful. Her performance, like, Madeline is amazing as Cheryl. Like, like. Fantastic. You would never have someone who, who, like, encompasses, like, that, that old Faye Dunaway, like, 70s acting. Yeah. Like, she's very Sybil Shepherd. And it just, and it, and. It works so well. Here's the thing. So overall, talking about Riverdale in the pilot and as a show, it's aside from it. It's I was calling it TV candy because it is. I mean, the show. If we're if we're thinking from a storytelling standpoint and we're thinking of quality television, the show has technically a lot of problems. One of the best things about this show is Cheryl's character, who is so who embraces this archetype in in a uh i don't know if genuine's the right word but in a in a very she, believable way she knows who she is yes and she absolutely. she's like i'm not going to change yes and and that okay so this is the same in all of roberto akira sakasa or Sika or however you want to pronounce his name uh all of his writing whether it's when he's writing for archie comics and like spider-man comics or when he's writing uh, his plays, um, or when he's writing for Glee, like his characters are very rounded. They all have problems, yeah, but they all have some sort of painful optimism to them. Like um, he wrote a play called, I believe it's called Velvet Sky, and in it, it's a it's a metaphor for uh, uh, sexual abuse. Okay, but the character. The characters are suffering, mm-hmm. but they're still somewhat optimistic. Yeah. And that's what's great about his, his writing, especially here. It's a very dark story. Yeah. But he also adds in such humor to it, like mm-hmm. characters like Kevin and even Veronica, because Veronica's like, oh my God, you're gay. You need to be my best friend forever. Like, Yeah. Which, I mean, you know. Meh. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the New Yorker in her. Yeah, which is just, I'm sorry. You know, I get you're trying to establish her from New York, but New Yorkers don't dress like that. They don't she wear. She dresses like Little Red Riding Hood. Like, but if it was in black and white, and Little Red Riding Hood had a lot of childhood trauma before the wolf, and and. And I don't know. I, like, I don't get it. I don't get the choice of wearing these big sweeping capes and then these tight-fitting dresses below the knee with the pearls. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand. Anyone who's a teenager in New York who's in the upper crust of New York society 
would not be dressing like that. It makes absolutely no sense. And they're trying to establish that she's New York upper crusty with clothes that are just not her for her generation. It just makes absolutely no sense. Because they're trying to take the clothes from the comic and make it modern. And it just and and I get that, and it works really well for Betty. It, it, wor- it works really it works well for well, Jughead, too. And it, I was just about to say, and it works really well for Jughead. And Cheryl. And, oh, my gosh, Cheryl. Oh, gosh, she's flawless. And um, There's three people it doesn't work for. Veronica. Veronica's one. Archie. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, Archie's all right. I mean, whatever. He's mixed, but... Well, then, Josie. Yep. Yep. And this is going to be such a pull, but Ethel. Ethel. Which one's that? Ethel is the one who... She's played by, uh, what's her name from Stranger Things? Bev from Stranger Things. Okay. She's the one who... Uh, oh, Barb. Barb from Stranger Barb. Things. Yeah, okay. Did we even see her in this episode? No, she's in um in two episodes from now. Okay. Because um, that's when Veronica goes, justice for uh, Ethel. Because justice oh, for... Oh, God. Veronica is such a basic bitch. <laughs> she is such a basic bitch. Okay, so here's... Here... Veronica... You basic. You basic. You basic V. So here's here's my issue with at least in this episode with Veronica, right? She's establishing herself. She ad- she admits Guys, to- guys, Mallory has a cell phone full of notes. This you, this is gonna be a long one. I mean, I just I could talk about It's gonna be great. It's really I mean, I don't know if we should just go down one by one. No, one no, by one. no. We're we're, but- we're gonna <laughs> We will just have to touch on everything. Yeah. Uh, so so here's my issue with Veronica and why I love Cheryl so much and why Cheryl is so much better than Veronica. Not just in terms of how they're both written and in terms of them as characters. So Veronica comes in, right? And she's establishing herself where she recognizes that she was a snotty, bitchy New Yorker. And she's coming in saying that she wants to change her ways. But, I mean, clearly she doesn't. She's trying to be nice to Veronica. What did, or to Betty, I'm sorry. What did she say to Betty, which was just hilarious that Cheryl's coming over and insulting Betty about wanting to try out for uh the cheerleading squad and Veronica's like well that's crazy because you know uh, uh, Betty you should be the queen of this place and it's so drab here she's basically saying Betty you should be the queen of drab like it's just she's not meaning it to be insulting she thinks she's a Samantha but she's more of a Miranda oh I wouldn't. I'm not sure I could put that. She spin thinks on it. she's a Charlotte, but she's more of a Carrie. I. What are you even saying? She thinks right she's now? a big, but she's none more of, of a Barishnikov. Are you even speaking words? Like I'm talking. I'm. I'm playing on the people who do uh, Sex in the City puns. Like, oh. Yeah. See, I'm a Samantha. I see. You're more of a Charlotte. Sure. Like, stuff like Got that. Got it. Got no, it. I'm. I'm just being a dick. I'm just so excited to talk about this show. I'm I know the show. Okay. To you. It's fine. Um. But yeah, Veronica thinks she, she's that person who like claims she's always been vegan. <laughs> she, she's like, you know what? I'm a good person now. I've always been a good person. For yeah. a while, I was a bad person. You know, I was such a bad person that I took my badness medium rare Yeah. with baked potato and, you know, asparagus. But, you know, every now and then, I do like to get a cheeseburger, but I am a good person. Yeah. So, so- basic. Thank, Thank you, you Haley. Haley. That was weird. Yes, it was a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so here, so Veronica. So, and we'll get to the whole seven minutes in heaven thing later. But uh, so Veronica's talking to Archie and calling Cheryl. Uh, what was it? The what was she calling it? The um, Antichrist calls her the Antichrist, and Cheryl has been consistent with her character. She is. She is. I wouldn't say she's mean. She's just honest. 
that's what I'm saying. Cheryl, she is, uh, she is who she is. And there's no question that Cheryl knows that about herself. And she has no problem living in that. She even calls Betty. So at the auditions, she calls Betty out about uh, her sister and where she is. Because she knows that they were entang- she was entangled with Jason. And all, all she's asking for is for Betty to give a genuine moment. To, right. To, to be real. To be upset like she is. Because I don't think she's like saying you're fake. She's saying like, I'm mad. Why can't you get mad? Too? Yeah. Like what? Why can't you actually realize that the world is happening around you? Wh- what's wrong with you? And Veronica's totally trying to step in place and trying to be like, oh, you think you're the ice queen? It's like Cheryl's not actually the ice queen. And Veronica's so full of shit. And so I was just thinking during the scene where she's calling Cheryl the Antichrist. All I could think was, um, recognize your superiors, V. Recognize. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Seriously. Fool. Because Veronica is such a basic bitch and she and and she doesn't she doesn't have faith or confidence in who she is. The whole episode, she's trying to say that she's a better person, but she waffles through that. She goes and she knows Betty has a thing for Archie, but she kisses him anyway. And then she says, well, it's bad and she feels bad and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she does that thing when like her eyes are closed and she's about to kiss and she's like, this is a bad idea. I mean, it's this just so ridiculous. Idea. We shouldn't do this. Like, she, like she doesn't actually know what she's. She in knows there to what do. she's doing, and it's just she is trying to come off as that. Oh, she wants to be a good person, or blah blah blah. And Riverdale overall does a lot to try and make it um, where it's not so much about Betty and Veronica fighting over Archie, which it shouldn't be, because in the comics, it's not. Betty and Veronica are best friends. Okay, in in the original ones, no, they weren't. In okay. the newer ones, they are because Betty does end up with Jughead. Yeah, because like they're they're this they're they're the same side of the coin. Like, yeah, they're both writers. Yeah, though he's more of a crime novelist and she's more of a newspaper gal. That that fits. Yeah, absolutely. Where Veronica and Archie are just horny. Yeah. Oh, speaking of horny. Okay, can we talk about Archie for a second? Who is the dumbest fucking shit? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Archie. He's just awful. Uh- Honestly, Archie is just so, like, his character is trying to be so honest and sincere, but he's just so horny. He should just be, like, every time he sees a girl he likes, he should just be pointing at his crotch going, go, girl, honestly, love me. Seriously, though, he does it with his eyes at every single female character, okay? Except for Betty. Poor Betty. I know, right? So I think they were at the table and Cheryl comes over. And I had said literally, oh, he so wants to fuck her. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and I <laughs> never fall in love. Yeah. Like and I Chris think, Isaac music starts playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And, was, and I, was it you or Haley had said, well, no, uh, Archie doesn't want to. And I said, look at his eyes. He's totally thought about hitting that. He's totally thought about. He has thought about having sex with well, everybody. No, no, I said, I said, I said, he's not smart enough to. Eat. Oh, I didn't hear that. No, I think that he's more of a meathead who's just like, like he's like Rocky Horror, like he's yeah. like Rocky from Rocky. Yeah, Hill. yeah, he's yeah. He's like, girl, love me. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, and you know, that this is nothing. I mean, I don't know any of the facts about KJ Apa. I don't know. So, you know, it's it's wrong for me or, you know, even us to, to be like, oh, he's a dick because I heard he's a dick. This has nothing to do with him as a person. Oh, absolutely not. This it has, has to everything do with to do his with character. Archie being horrible. Okay, so let's talk for a minute about how he's a terrible friend. Okay, so he's just. And- we have to start with 
Jughead before we even get to Betty. Like what he did to Jughead over the summer. He, That's what. Yeah, exactly. He he just ignored him. He just stopped being friends with Jughead, which is just so uncool. You're supposed to be best friends with this person, and you totally leave him hanging to go screw the music teacher. And it's just which an, a true best friend would be like, dude, I'm screwing the mu- music teacher. Right. I don't like. This is what I don't understand. I'm like, no, dude, guess what? Me and Miss Grundy did. Oh yeah, I'm totally hitting that. <laughs> I'll what? give you a hint. Jughead. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't understand. You guys wh- were sawing. Yeah, I did. Like- we're building a habitat <laughs> for humanity. I don't understand. No, no, no. Guess. <laughs> You're using a bit saw, dude. Banging. Gross. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't get it, and, uh, and he just completely abandons Jughead, and Jughead has every right to be pissed, and, and Jughead, Jughead is, in my opinion, is the greatest character in the show. I, I wrote that down in my list. Yeah, he, he is he, amazing. He is by far the best established character. He has, and over the series too, he has the most consistent character attributes. Same with Cheryl, which is another reason why Cheryl's so amazing. It's because uh, Cheryl's personality is consistent throughout the show. You see things within her change because... as events happen which and, and things progress, which it should when you have a character. Same thing with Jughead, but their characters are the ones that make the most sense. And they're the characters that are the most believable as people. Jughead above everybody else. Because Be- with characters like that, like, like I mean... You and I have talked about Boy Meets World off and on oh, this yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the two best characters on Boy Meets World are the most complicated. Mm-hmm. Sean, Sean Hunter yep. and Eric Matthews. Yep. Because they both have, one is struggling with being, you know, a genius who is treated, who comes from a broken home. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a very simple person who has to deal with, he's not very smart. Yeah. But he also has a good heart. Yeah. And that's honestly... That argument can be made for both Cheryl. She's not very smart. No, she, she's not. No, she she gets in way over her head. But so she is the she is the Eric Matthews, and then, minus the whole good heart thing. No, I think I think well, deep down inside Cheryl does have a good heart. Yeah, I mean that is well. I yeah. I from this episode you wouldn't get that, but you're right. I've, you know, knowing what I know about seasons one and season two, that the that the that she does truly have a, a moral center. She just comes from a rich family. It, well, and all not just a rich family because rich doesn't preclude she she comes from a pedigree i mean it's a very well also there's a lot of messed up stuff in her family and which is a massive massive understatement i mean we could start alone with the fact that she and her brother clearly had a thing oh my god i mean episode opener they clearly had sex right before they got into the boat okay i need to talk about her brother because the actor who plays him (laughs) apparently he Anytime you see him, he never talks. He never talks. Yeah, he, you said this, and I didn't notice this till you pointed he, it he out. He never speaks. So this actor must be just a model who they got because he's a very, you know, handsome. And he looks like Cheryl. He looks like Cheryl, too. And he also looks like KJ Appa. Like, he, he looks like Archie. Which ex- which explains Cheryl's later obsession with Archie. Right. Because she just wants to have sex with her brother. <laughs> but he, she's like, are, are you sure you want to do this, Jason? And he just goes... You hear that nothing? (laughs) You hear that nothing? That's me nodding my head. He could have said yes. Like, he he must have been so bad of an actor that they couldn't even have him say yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how bad do you have to be? Okay, let's do your take, Jason. 
Yes. <laughs> no, no, let's try that again. Yes. Can you just stand there and not open your mouth and just, All right. just look in this direction? I got it. Great. Yeah. Don't don't say that. Just don't even speak. Okie dokie. That's too much speaking. Just oh, stop. okay. Just keep your mouth shut. So I'm I'm it's supposed just to... happening too much. Am I talking now? Yes. I'm talking now. It's just happening too much. You really need to stop. Okay. So when are we going? When are we rolling? Please just keep your mouth shut. Don't worry about it. Just stand there and don't speak until I tell you to speak. But she gets to talk just still. Just stop speaking altogether. <laughs> we just want to look at you. You're just... <laughs> You're just there as a pretty person. Do you You're think, just a pretty face. Do you think like some of the crew were just going up to him and just putting like one finger in the mouth and go, shh, <laughs> no words. I could see somebody going up to him and like a, uh, an AD or something being like, listen. So how about... You just stand there, and you just look towards the camera, but don't do anything. But I want to talk. You know what? We'll try that for one take, and then all the others just stand there and don't speak. What if, I think that would be a really good What if the one take, when they let him talk, you just started singing for non-blondes? <laughs> I say, hey. Stop talking. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. Um. There, there was a there was a PA off off camera with a squirt bottle. Like every time he started, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. or doing mm-hmm. the thing that they like do with a cat. Do- oh, where are you spraying? Or, or what Stop they do with dogs? Speaking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Cheryl and what they're wearing? What they're wearing matching white lace outfits that are see through. It's very strange, and we now know obviously that Cheryl was helping Jason. Uh, run away to uh, I mean spoilers that running away to um go meet up with uh Betty's sister who was prego were you getting like a notebook vibe when they were in the rowboat and he was just rowing backwards um uh, uh I mean I guess I don't really view the guys as, view things in the guise of romantic <laughs> no I know but like <laughs> like it, it felt more like you know it definitely felt like a more romantic scene between the two of them because of also, what Jughead said when the, the Blossom twins were off for a morning stroll in their rowboat. Like, it's freaking weird. And this is a test. And this is brought up later in the series, too, at one point. That it, that <laughs> Why they, are you guys so close? Like, they are accused. She is accused of having um, committed incest with them. Funny business. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's pretty freaking obvious that they totally screwed each other. I mean, come on. I haven't gotten that far into season two. Oh, please remind me to keep my mouth shut. No, no, it's fine. No, I, I don't. I'm not like you. I don't care. The only okay. Here's the only reason why I care. Well, what does she say? What does who say? What does Cheryl say? Yeah. I no, she doesn't say anything about it. But other people <laughs> accuse her and bring it Mind up. Mind your business. <laughs> yeah, I forget. I forget who um, says it and what the situation is. Uh, but she can't believe that people think that, and, you know, she's really taken aback by that, and blah, blah, blah. But it's also, I mean, I think her mother reacts that she doesn't really seem like it would be out of the realm of possibilities that this had happened. Well, does she ask people, and they try to be polite because they're her friend, like, what? No, that's, no, that's ridiculous. Uh, That would have never totally happened. Scott, this is Riverdale. People aren't polite. Kevin's polite. He is polite. He is. Oh, okay. So can we talk about Kevin for a second? The fact and that he's amazing. I could care less about Kevin, but the I only thought you like Kevin. No, Kevin's fine. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't have any negative. I love Cheryl and Jughead. I hate Archie. 
everyone else, and I, you know, Veronica's whatever. But I like Betty. Te- I like Betty. Betty's a good character. Especially crazy Betty. Betty Betty is not as as layered and nuanced as Jughead is or as Cheryl is. I, I like dark side Betty. Oh, dark Betty. Bam, yeah. bam. Oh, dark Betty. Uh, bam, bam. But going back to Kevin for a second. So Betty's we're, got we're... a wig. Bam, bam. But on a corset. Bam, bam. You done? One more oh, time. Oh, dark Betty. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, dark Betty is interesting uh you done now yeah okay uh so we first meet kevin when we see betty sitting at her vanity in her bra and what were the first words out of my mouth well i guess she had to be in her bra so that we can firmly establish that kevin's gay well no one would uh affirm that kevin's gay he has his legs in the air and he's twiddling them back and it forth was, with I his know. hands on it. His- it was such a gratuitous thing. I mean, as though we wouldn't have been able to figure that out through any other context than a girl sitting wearing a bra with a boy sitting on her bed. Also, she has a vanity and a hope chest. What what decade is this like? Well, I mean, it's Riverdale and they have a But it's- also She's just so wholesome. Like, she tries to be so wholesome that it makes you want to, like, puke. A little bit, yeah. I mean, clearly there's uh, issues there. So, my whole... So, part of my thing with Betty in this episode uh, was that... So, her mother... I mean, she's clearly got mental health issues. Well, yeah. Which are never... You know, you have the whole, uh, she's digging her hands, uh, her nails into her hands. So, she's clearly got severe anxiety issues, uh, you know, and... There's certainly a lot of sheltering. She has no idea what's happened to her sister. So there's a serious ignorance and sheltering that's happened from her mother. Um, And I see a lot of issues with her. How did that conversation go? Where's Polly? Mind your business. (laughs) Really? I mean, it's just so clearly there's got to be something with with Betty that she wouldn't try to do anything to investigate she would her parents would just say don't worry about it or she's just she's away for an hour she's not well and she would just take that and not get into it anymore like they wouldn't manipulate her so much they she'd be like where's polly betty betty you're thinking about it too much stop thinking about it you're thinking about it stop thinking about it and so i would think that this kind of thing has been established over the course of years to severely to really impact her emotional development and I, I really think about this stuff deep. So, but I mean, she does have this this dark Betty side that comes out. That's a manifestation of her inability to express herself or express anything that she's having difficulty with. And, you know, in the beginning, uh, uh, her mother uh, talks about her Adderall prescription. And uh, one of the things that I don't understand is we don't establish any, I don't recall at any point uh, her being established as a condition that needs Adderall and the, no, no the only and the only thing that I see from it is that her mother put her on it to give her speed essentially to make her high achieving which can which if you take if you take Adderall if you're prescribed Adderall and you don't actually need it you don't have a, a slow prefrontal cortex or, right. or other or the other contraindications for being prescribed Adderall it can severely impact your brain development Jesus are you on Adderall right now? <laughs> you're going a mile a minute. I'm just saying. Guys, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm saying. You're thinking about it too much. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just, it, I guess I feel for Betty, Betty in that way. I so, have. You feel for dark Betty? Bam, I, feel, I feel, yes. Okay. Betty, being on Adderall, I'm glad that it was like Adderall. So you just think that she wants to study hard and her mom's pushing her to, to be the best. I, I could see it as her mother got her an Adderall prescription and was like, you need this so that you get 
good grades. Because if she had, like, severe, like, if they were going to establish right away that she has severe mental issues, they would have been like, here's Klonopin. Or, like, yeah. here's Lorazepam. Yeah, like, and chances are that whatever mental uh, health issues that she has, which I don't know if they are ever properly addressed. I could see her as some kind of having a, a personality Well, she has, like, thing. bipolar. Like, when... Is that firmly established? Uh few episodes down when um chuck in the hot tub with veronica where they try to get a confession out of him that he that he forced himself oh yeah, it. yeah 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 with dark betty bambalam are you gonna do that every single time no no so if i say dark betty again no i'm not gonna do it every time bambalam <laughs> that's what i thought um no uh i, I remember the first time uh, I watched this. Haley and I were watching it. And when they introduced Betty in the pink bra, Haley just turns to me and goes, of course she's wearing a pink bra. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they're trying to push down your throat with the chimney sweeps brush. How wholesome Betty Cooper. I almost said Betty Draper. Because <laughs> they make so many Betty Draper references yeah. in this one. But but the way they introduced them, and you, you ran up a, a huge, you know, plot point. In this scene, Kevin goes, oh, Archie's back. And, like, they can see into his window. And he's putting his shirt on because he's topless. When he's very close to the window. And he's doing it very clearly so that he's very visible through the window. But if he can, if they can see him, he can see them. There is no possibility that he would miss that. I, I just wanted him to be like, oh, hey, guys. Oh, we're not looking at you. Yeah, it's very. And I mean, that would have been a good uh, comic moment, too, for that to happen. There's so many there's so many things in this ep- this show that make absolutely no sense. I mean, part of that's that's part of the fun of this show, I think, is how terrible it is. It's so good. It's like. Uh, it it's like, uh, it's like it's a TV f- candy. It's TV candy. I wouldn't even say that. It's like a Krispy Kreme donut. It's like so sweet and bad for you. Yeah. And like every time you take a bite, you're like, oh, this is so good, but, but I don't makes, know why. And it, but it also makes me feel a little bit sick because it's so wrong. And I think part of the, the like. I think when they originally shot the pilot, like, they didn't have any narration to it. Mm-hmm. And they realized that's a problem. And then they added in the Jughead narration. Yeah. Because that was the vibe I was getting. If you just if you just feel the the vibe of that, like, the flow of it, it feels like there was no narration. And, and then, then they ended it on top, yeah. As and an then after, that kind be- of an afterthought. That became the you know the bookmark of the actual show yeah and it is better integrated in other episodes with I, jughead as the narrator because i feel like i feel like they got through the whole episode and then there's that scene with archie and jughead and they're like this is the best thing in the entire episode that just, yeah we need more jughead yeah well they're well their confrontation of and their friendship and just oh god i love jughead so much he's so good he's such a good he's such an amazing character he's just he he's the he's one of the very he's not few people. the sprouse we need he's the sprouse we wanted yes and the one that i think we deserve <laughs> i just what what i love about him is that he's a very believable person everybody else it, it feels like you know they could be you know they're they're characters they're all characters even even though i love cheryl she is also a, a, very much a character jughead is the one who feels the 
the most grounded in reality and everything he does. I haven't seen him do anything in this show over the two seasons that doesn't seem like a genuine, believable choice that he could make. Like even when they do all the stuff with the serpents. Yeah. It just all feels so organic. You're like, oh, the serpents, they're bad. And then he's like pointing out all the good the serpents do. Yeah. Everything he does feels organic. It makes sense. It feels genuine. It's just he is by far the most consistent in his choices um, that are true to his character, even as he changes and develops. I mean, even to the point where um, uh, I hope you've seen this point where he um, where he cuts the tattoo. Does this sound familiar? Just go. I Okay. Where he where the lawyer who helps uh, get his dad out of prison, he goes and slices that tattoo oh, off yeah, her I saw, arm, I saw that which is so incredibly violent and dark. Well, they never show it. They don't, but you know that Jughead did it. And so the um at first when I saw it would have been better if he just went with the cheese grater. No, oh, this is gonna take five to six hours. Yeah. <laughs> um I just I remember watching that and being really, really surprised that Jughead would do such a thing. And I remember thinking after the fact, no, it actually is really believable that Jughead would end up there. It's not surprising at all that he would end up there the betty stuff with her turning into dark betty it's kind of like a what um but but obviously she has mental health issues right. but again what bothers me about that is that it's never really addressed what it is that's going on with her so it, they only hint at that bam blam uh with <laughs> i just rolled my eyes super hard no but they they do hint at it that it's genetic because yeah her mom has it yeah because she was a serpent and then they also hint at uh her brother who is a gigolo but wasn't he not actually the brother i thought no he was established as not actually being the biological brother okay. oh sorry did i just ruin that for you yeah i'm sorry i it's, told you to tell me not to talk about it oh it's fine All but right. but in in this episode they establish her more as the wholesome yes and, wholesome sweet Betty with maybe some anxiety issues. But the look she gives Archie, like, uh, Lily Reinhardt is doing, like, she's doing God's work. <laughs> she's really, she's a, she's a really fantastic actress. But in this, in the scenes when, like, when Veronica comes in for the first time, mm-hmm. the look she's giving, she gives, like, Oscar-worthy looks. Yeah. Like, like, the look she's giving Archie... And Veronica, like it's the, just she knows everything that's going to happen. This bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She she just knows. She sees it and she knows. I. I just. I love every scene in every interaction with pops, because like <laughs> like pops, you can tell he's like the type of guy who's like, I have problems too, you know, like like everyone's. Uh, I ordered uh, two two cheeseburgers. Yeah, they're not ready yet. You know, my wife's asking for alimony, but you don't care because you're just rich kids. Yeah. But well, like, like the looks he gives, the the delivery of this guy is amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is all solidified <laughs> when uh, Archie comes after the dance, and he goes, "Have you seen Betty?" And he's just like. No, I wanted him to be like, hi, Pops. How was your day? Mom was fine. Thanks for asking, Archie. He's not even a character at all. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, these people have gone to the soda shop for years and established that. I mean, anytime you go to an establishment, first of all, this is established as a 
small town. It's the and peach this pit. Is, <laughs> and, right. And this is a very unique uh, eatery in this town. And there's very few of them, clearly, because they all go to the same place. So it's it's reasonable. Particularly, it's not a very particularly large restaurant. There doesn't seem to be a large amount of staff. So you would know the proprietor. You know, growing up, we had diners that we went to regularly. We knew all the staff. We knew the proprietor. We we knew everybody there and they knew us because when you're in a small town for long enough and you go to the same, you know, place over and over again, you know them and you greet them and, but what? They just, no, no, he doesn't exist. And that that's another thing. So when, when we, in, when we meet Veronica and she comes. Basic bitch. Yeah. And she, she comes into her new home. Is it an apartment? Is it a hotel? So many questions. There's a doorman. But it's their butler from New York. Right, Smithers. Yes. Homer Simpson, sir. <laughs> uh, it's Smithers. And he's like, Le- welcome to the Pembroke. Did he get there before you? Has he always been there? Is this a hotel? Because it, it looks like a hotel. It does. Look, it Well, it looks like it could. I guess my question is, we never see a concierge. We never see a, a desk or anything. And typically, it wouldn't be someone who would be a. If it was a concierge, then yeah, he might look like that. If it was an apartment building, it would be a security guard. Right. Who would be sitting at a desk and checking guests in. But But if it was an apartment complex, it would not have a name. No. Uh, well, hotels have names. No, apartment complexes do have names. When? Where? Every apartment complex I've lived. My apartment in Bridgewater, Waterford Village. Oh. My well, my apartment. In- no, no, but but like, you don't have someone come out and greet you and say, "Welcome to Waterford Village." Like, but- well, no, but that's because those apartments were crappy and cheap. But, but. I guess, okay, so here's my my view on it, is that I happen to know people who have lived... I don't disagree with you, well, but I happen to what know What I'm getting who, to is okay. a building it, like this would not fit into Riverdale, is my point. Yes, 100%. Like, like, absolutely. That's, why, absolutely no that's why I was wondering if it was a hotel. A and, hotel, oh, maybe, but, even but that's not that a, nice. But even that's a stretch, because this kind of hotel... W- no, this this town maybe has a Motel 6. Uh, I wouldn't say- maybe okay. So maybe it has a decent hotel, but no, not I would like say that. I would say it has like a Hampton Inn or like a Holiday Inn, right? But not I wouldn't I wouldn't something's... go to say like a Motel Six. Yeah, but or... so it's definitely it's definitely I think an apartment building. I don't think it's a hotel. However, are they the only ones who live in that apartment? Are they the I mean are they the only apartment in there? Because I don't think over the course of the series we ever see anyone else in this building. No. And so then they. I would. The whole... I would love for for Veronica to get into the elevator, and she's like, "Who are you? Uh, I'm Carl. I live on the fifth floor. But if you ever, you know, paid attention to anyone but yourself, you rich bitch." Like... Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, he's probably a rich bitch too if he's living in the Pembroke. Oh yeah. I just. Oh, that's why no one else lives there because no one else can afford it. Yeah. It's yeah. I just don't. I'm. Um, hey, maybe they own the whole building, but it, probably. But but clearly, where they live is an apartment. And but they still need an elevator to get yeah, up it's a there. Penthouse. And again, they took their butler from New York and put him in place to run the building versus just I don't know buying a house. But season two, they replace him. Do they? When uh, no more Smithers. When what's his name comes, he has bodyguards. Oh, I remember. Hiram, Hiram yeah. Lodge, which I I don't I never understood how the lodges who are clearly. Like, their names are very, 
very upper crust waspy names and then you have mark consuelos come in and he he is like this man he is a man he is he is not a country club going guy no well they're they're the mob yes but he doesn't dress like a mobster he dresses more like a villain in a spider-man movie (laughs) yeah um this ep- the, the pilot itself sets the tone of the entire series. Which is batshit crazy. And be- w- before like they even get to the opening credits, it cuts to Archie and Miss Grundy banging in, in the, the back of Volkswagen Yeah, Beetle. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that for a hot minute. First of all, I'd like to start with the fact that here rolls up Miss Grundy with her big pink heart sunglasses and her Coachella hipster outfit. And, and then- not just that. She she's doing the Lolita because she has the giant like yeah, yeah, yeah. big gulp and... with like what like a star or whatever she's drinking. I uh, I no, it it had to be like a soda or something. or something. Well, that's... But the the straw that was a cartoony straw that was yeah 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 that was pink so, and blue. So you have that, and then the next scene, she is suddenly in the most uptight. Her hair is in this tight bun and whatever else because it's at the pep rally or the, uh, the she's Jason at school Memorial. now, and so she's wearing. Uh, no, throughout when you see her in school, she is wearing these big freaking glasses uh, and she's wearing the most uptight librarian boring clothes. So what I want to know is, uh, does she have two closets? Does she have I'm a whore who's going to go and screw my students clothing? And then she switches to th- I'm an uptight I think, I think the clothing doesn't matter. I think in, I think this is the she's all that thing. I think it doesn't matter. Anything can become slutty with her as long as she takes her hair down and takes her glasses off for me i guess it's just that so and just undoes a few buttons i but i mean she's clearly you know you see her in wearing this whatever outfit it was like with the pink heart glasses like she's like 15 going to freaking coachella that's all seriously though and then suddenly she's an uptight teacher it just it's things like that not that i mean again this is Again, I have to remind myself, this is Riverdale. This is the show I'm watching. But it just makes no sense. Where are you getting your clothes? Where are you getting your clothes, Miss Grundy? Where are you getting your clothes, Veronica Lodge? Where are you people shopping? Are you shopping at, like, I just, I don't understand their fashion choices. With how abrupt it cuts to them, you know, in the back of the Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. Like, like, because, like, you don't see it coming. No, and you're like, "Uh, okay. Because it's like, oh. All right. Maybe he has a crush on the teacher and then... No, they screw him in the back of the car. Yep. Okay. All right. It's that kind of show. All right. Well, that's the thing. I think that between Cheryl and Jason clearly having screwed each other and then, and you know, dying suddenly, quote unquote. And then and then you've got Archie screwing the music teacher. And then all this. I mean, this is what? The first five minutes? I mean, it really sets the tone for the entire thing that this is going to be a crazy ride. None of it's going to make sense. And it's going to be freaking awesome all the way through. It's like, it's like you know, the, the showrunner saying, you guys like sexual content? Because if you don't, this is going to get really weird really fast. So you might want to turn it off now. Yeah, I really, I can really picture the writers and be like, all right, what would make absolutely no sense here that would make every go- everybody go... Sex! Yeah, what would either surprise everyone or make everybody go, ew. Sex! Yeah. Uh, Bill, will you stop saying it like that? No. 
Seriously, though, I mean, the bedroom eyes that everybody throws at each other is just kind of hilarious. This is like this is like the abruptness of like the sex scenes on the show are so out of left field. It felt like the out of left field sex scene and like liar, liar. Yeah. 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 It's like that didn't need to be there. It really. I mean, the whole show is just gratuitous sex (laughs) that has no importance to the plot. This is a show that is incredibly inappropriate for anyone under the age of, I would say, 16. Yeah. Maybe 15. I would say sophomore year of, of high school is when, you know, it's okay. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, the only reason why I feel that way is because of the... T- and this was my problem with Glee, is the problem with the um the teacher-student relationship that I think is the only one that's... In a, and I have the I have this weird um kind of thing about parent teacher not parent uh student teacher relationships on screen um that when when they're geared towards a younger audience like Glee is and like Riverdale is because Riverdale is clearly aimed towards a young teenager and young adult or you know people like us who freaking love this stuff because it's ridiculous and well because this this has that nostalgic value of like Archie comics but it's like. On I, speed. I'm like, how can I watch Archie, but it's not Not weird. speed, acid. It's on acid. It's totally on no, acid. No, this is on Molly. Okay. This is, this is you know, nostalgia on Molly. Yeah. So. The lighting on the show, like, the way this the show is shot is, like, almost a combination of, like, procedural, like, TV show and then, like, film noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very. It's a lot of mix of genres. It's a lot. It's very smoky. Even looking at a still from the show right now. Yeah. It's incredibly smoky. Well, the one way to establish that a show has a dark tone is to literally color it dark. I mean, have you seen Twin Peaks? Uh, no. We were talking earlier about your favorite shows. Yes. And, like, one of my favorite shows of all time, probably number one, is Twin Peaks. Okay. And this is very... There's there's a new version, right? That was the... I haven't watched that one yet because I'm afraid to. Okay. Um, I only know of Twin Peaks because, and I only know that there was a remake because of when the remake came out. And I was okay. like, and then they were talking about that it's a remake. And I was like, oh, okay. But Twin Peaks starts with a murder. Mm-hmm. A teenager, she she gets murdered. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that things aren't quite as you expect in Twin Peaks. Same goes for Riverdale. Yeah. Except I wouldn't say that Riverdale is one of my favorite shows of all time. I hope not no no riverdale is more like one of the shows that i'm like yeah i'm watching it want to fight about it (laughs) i'm not addressing it anymore deal with it there's no you know i have no you know how you talk about guilty pleasure i have no guilt in watching this show it's just so like you can't you can't not look at it you can't not watch you just have to keep watching because you just have to watch the insanity ensue i i know grown men who watch this show yeah like because it's just it it's a train wreck it, yeah. it truly is like well i had i had also said in my little list here uh i had written down about how a lot of the scenes in it feel very much like the show's attempt to make sure that a lot of guys are going to be watching it because the cw is typically geared towards uh it's typically geared towards a younger audience it's usually geared towards uh young women and young girls um that's the audience that's typically attracted to it but this is perfect for you know guys can watch and be like all right yeah i can whack off to this (laughs) because that's how i see all men 
obviously. <laughs> That's <laughs> wow. Nice. Um <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? I mean, this is what the honestly, this is what the show is. Y'all a bunch today. of horny dogs. Okay, I'm sorry, but you know, woof just, woof. This is this is what the show does to me. It removes all sanity and logic. Well, it's because most of the time, like at least once or twice in in the episode, there's at least one person in a bra. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and and I understand why they did it because like a lot they they most of the time they do underwear in in shows like this. Because it's provided by like Victoria's Secret yeah, or uh, sponsorship stuff, and and they're like, oh, Betty Cooper is wearing uh, this uh, pink collection bra. Maybe yeah. you should buy one too. I understand why they do it. it they shouldn't be doing it. Like it, it's very uncomfortable. It's just it's just bizarre, and it has no purpose. It's not as though if if Betty was established as someone who really didn't like wearing clothing, then okay. Uh, but it's it's just a strange moment that has no reason for it. I'm sorry. I've never in my life, any time that I've hung out with gay friends, just sat around without a shirt on. <laughs> it's just not, just like I wouldn't with any of my girlfriends. Just like, like it's just a strange, it's not, it makes. It's like why you wear pants? Because, you know, it's polite. Like, I just don't, polite or not, like, I just don't get it. I really, it's just, it makes absolutely no sense to me. But again, this is Riverdale. We're we're only into the first ten minutes, and we're already almost an hour into. Oh the- my gosh, are you kidding? No, I'm not. I, I knew this. This is probably going to be a two hour one. This yeah. is probably going to be a long. I one. I mean, I think I had even said the first note that I made. I think I had said I could probably talk thirty minutes just on that about the Cheryl Jason relationship. And we have, like, yeah, like, I mean, if this show was just about. Cheryl Bombshell, which that's her Twitter handle. Is it really? That not not Madeline. Pesci. No, I know. I in the show. Heard yeah, that. she's like at Cheryl Bombshell. Like, <laughs> what did what did Haley say that Cheryl is a beautiful agent of chaos? Yes, which is just the most accurate way to describe Cheryl. She is flawless in everything that she does, and everything that she wears, and everything. She, she oh. is what she is what Leslie Nope would call a majestic mermaid <laughs> because her siren song. Yeah. Is just bringing people. She's just I. I just love Cheryl. I love her. Her and her and her and Jughead are my faves. And I, I've already said like I've said that the show is like a beautiful train wreck. I don't mean that in a mean way. No, it's really no the way the way that Roberto Akira Sacasa has structured the show with his writers and his team. The way that they've done it makes me so excited for his version of Sabrina. For the chilling mm, adventures mm-hmm, of Sabrina, because mm-hmm. it's going to be exactly like this. Okay. Um, he said it's a combination of this and when he wrote on American Horror Story for Coven, when he when he did that stuff. So so that makes me very excited. Yeah. This just the, the actors that they got to be the, the parents, like Skeet Ulrich from Scream, plays plays uh F P Jones. He plays yeah. Jughead's dad. The names also, the fact that they didn't change the names from the the comic book make yeah. me so happy. Like Jellybean is his Jelly Pean Jellybean Jones, uh Sweet Pea yeah. was one of the like the fact that they're like, I'm not changing anything. Uh oh uh what's his name? Um Doily. Uh uh the the 
the scout, the scout guy. I have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I just can't remember his Dilson name. Dilson du- Dooley or something like that. Something like that. The names are amazing. Yeah. Mr. Weatherby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Hiram Lodge. Yeah. Hermione Lodge is uh, Marisol Nichols from Vegas Vacation. That's how I know her from. She played Audrey Griswold in National Lampoon's Vegas mm-hmm. Vacation. I know I've seen. I can't. I haven't seen her in that. I knew I saw her in one other thing because I recognized her. I just uh, don't remember what it was. Good Christian bitches. Nope. GCB. Nope. With Kristen Chenoweth. Nope. No. Um. What else? I just had her. IMDb out. Um. No. She. She's Audrey Griswold. Uh, the last one. I don't know. We don't have to go through our whole IMDb page. Uh, but. No, no. This is going to drive me crazy if I don't figure this out for you. Okay. Um, Do you want me Oh, to Criminal look? Mind. She was nope, on. No, didn't see that. Teen Wolf. Nope. Uh, NCIS. Uh, what season? Uh, it just says she played Special Agent Zoe Keats. Yes. Yes. That's how I know her. I know her from NCIS. Okay. There you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good, because that, that was going to drive me crazy. Yeah. Um. The Lodge family, they're supposed to be like this Whitey Bulger-esque family, but yeah. they they don't come off that sinister. No. I mean they're the mob. I don't know. But well, in this episode it's just her Yeah, and you don't and you don't know. And and the scene the scene that gets super uncomfortable is when she goes to beg FP uh not FP, goes to beg Fred Andrews. Fred Fred Andrews for a job. And like they're clear and Honestly, as soon as you see them together, it's clear that they're going to hook up at some point. It's so well, obvious. Also, they used to hook up. But, well, yeah, but the which way, we don't know at this point. This feels but... like Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct. Like, yeah. She's five seconds away from just like doing the Sharon Stone. Yeah. And everyone knows what I mean. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, come on, Fred. Whoop. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, now... They they when they introduce Archie as a musician, do you believe Archie as a musician? No, hell no, absolutely not. Like he's like, oh, I, I just gotta play my music. It and okay, so I have so many questions about this. So many questions about him and his music and how he discovered this. So so it's been well established that he's a football player and that the plan that he and his father have agreed upon is that he's going to play football. He's going to get a football scholarship and that's how he's going to get his way through and school. And then he's going to come back home and he's going to co-own. Right. This has been well established that regardless of, of how Archie might feel now, it's, it's very clear that this has been the plan for years. So what I'd like to know is when Archie got a guitar, how he learned how to play guitar well because it's clear that he is he – is, very proficient well, his mom in his is molly skills. ringwald his mom is molly ringwald okay so, so. what she was doing this behind no like... I'm, I'm sure that that fred tried to instill in him sports and she tried to i guess but but at the same time though you know it's far more believable that archie would be into football but there's no you just don't believe him when he has this passion for music he has a passion for miss grundy did Ma- you did you like but the, that's about it did you like the little joke that they they put in there um about the mom about archie's mom because uh uh hermione lodge is like oh how is i think karen is her name or i don't remember how it how is you know mrs uh andrews yeah and she goes he goes we're uh we're separated she's living in chicago which is a reference to john hughes because Shermer, illinois oh i loved it i didn't get that it's molly ringwald oh my god because i was like 
Holy shit. That is amazing. I did not get that at all. That is we cool. are not alone. Oh. We are not alone. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, that that was that was a nice little touch. Yeah. That that was a good tip of the hat. So now I would just love when they're like, oh, uh, F.P. Jones left for a little while and then they just say the name from Scream. Mm-hmm. He's in this town. Yeah. So. Before I forget, I want to go back to my point about the Miss Grundy-Archie relationship for a hot minute. Okay. And, and my comment about Glee. Only because my only thing. So so I love this show. I love everything that's in here. My my only genuine problem. Like it has, you know, story problem points and inconsistencies. If you're talking about, you know, whether or not it's good quality television, which is a whole other thing. But in terms of I, I get very uncomfortable when uh, student teacher relationships that are very, very dangerous and inappropriate aren't made clear that that's what it is because and this was my problem with glee what about what, dawson's creek i never watched dawson's creek oh okay uh joshua jackson's character loses his virginity to his english <gasps> teacher oh my god really gross well the the grosser part is these the actors now on like glee and in this they look like they're in their 20s mm-hmm. and it doesn't look weird with actors who are in their 20s and th- well so this is where my, yeah Dawson's Creek, this woman was 40, and she looked yeah. 40, so it was like, Ick. ew. And it should be, so Here, so here's my concern with Glee, um, with, uh, uh, was that they, the teachers were so involved with their students' lives that, that the line gets very, very blurred between the student-teacher relationship, and, and obviously that's clear here because Archie's screwing the music teacher, but, uh... <laughs> I mean, in case there was any ambiguity of that, my my problem is, and I He's and I what? and I and I say this having um been uh you know at my summer camp being a teacher and having having campers who are students, um that it's very very important to to establish that line so that the 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 student uh it all can be aware of what's appropriate and what's not, what's abuse and what's not. And I, this is in... Well, this was in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was this the camp that you told me about? Someone who is now very famous went to? I, there have been a couple of famous people. Uh, fastest time. Man Alive. Who's that? The Flash. Oh, yeah. Yes. Not not the not the TV Flash. Yeah. Ezra Miller. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to say who it was. But... Oh, I don't care. Yeah, you were camp counselor for Ezra Miller. Technically, yes. Um, and uh, he was very nice. He was a very good camper. Um, and very vivacious. Yeah, no, he was a, he was a really sweet kid. He was a fun kid. Um, but I mean, in the sense of that, what I don't like because these shows are geared to a younger audience. I the only thing I don't like. I don't care about the gratuitous sex. I don't care about the violence. I don't care about any of that. The one thing that concerns me is establishing that. It's not wrong for, it's not wrong. I don't know. I don't know how to. Come on, kids. Tell your teachers everything. Tell them everything that's going on. It's just, I don't like that message being sent to students that, you know, the teacher-student line might be blurred. So you, they don't necessarily have the tools to recognize when it goes too far so they can speak up so they can protect themselves against abuse. Right. And that's. Because Grundy, Grundy is telling Archie to keep this secret that, because they were at. I'm going to call it Makeout Point or, you know. Yeah. Uh, Lover's uh, Leap, whatever you want to say. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Um, anyways, they were up there about to hop on the good foot and do the bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And a gunshot goes off, obviously, Jason. And then she's like, let's cover it up because we can't explain what we were doing there together. Because they couldn't possibly find any other way. You and Haley were coming up with lists as I was sitting. I was in the middle of both of you and you're like, you could have said that you were hiking and he was running and you bumped into each other. Because it's impossible to come up with any other explanation that you both would randomly be in the same hiking spot in the same town, which is very, very small. What? Archie just got done, you know, with his dad at the construction site. So he went to go by the lake to, you know, cool off. It's sweaty. It's summer. Yeah. And, you know, it's... They were burying a body together. Yeah. Suicide pack. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... it's you know, Grundy is exerting her power over this child. And it's hard and it's hard to see that because Grundy is so long, young. Well, and the In the next plays... episode, Jughead brings that up. Yeah. And that's... And that's one of the reasons why Jughead is the best. Ever. Jughead has a moral compass of a saint. Yes, I do. So I Cole will... Sprouse, come on the podcast. We'd yeah. love to have you on. Oh, You're the best. Yeah. Bring bring whoever you want. Yeah. But, you know, if they're going to be nice to us, we want them here. If not, leave that redhead alone. Yeah. <laughs> the guy redhead, not Malin, Malin Pesh. You can come on too. Oh my gosh. Can we be best friends? I just want to, I just want to be present while you, while you perform your Luke amazing, Perry. flawless performance. Luke Perry, come on the podcast. We'll do Fifth Element. I absolutely love you. Please. Luke Perry, I, I, I've I seen everything you've done, including the triangle. Come on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. That's the, yeah. So the, the Archie Grundy, I, I think one of the reasons why the Archie Grundy thing bothers me so much is that when it, when it does get resolved, I don't feel it's resolved sufficiently enough to make it clear how wrong the situation is, how how dangerous and until wrong. Fred Fred Andrews gets involved when he eventually gets involved. Yeah, even even so, I still feel like there was something lacking. Stay away from but my son. It really was, you know. It's just I I find it very uncomfortable, and I just and it's I understand, you know, you're trying to tell a certain kind of story, you're trying to establish whatever it is that you're trying to establish, but at the same time, the way I see it is your audience is is a younger viewership and you need to and it's my opinion that it's the responsibility to make sure that people understand who's watching it don't ever get the idea that there is any realm of possibility where this kind of relationship is okay mallory this is supposed to be a comedy podcast you're just bringing us down i'm sorry (laughs) debbie down oh okay We can move on. If you're worried about the way a teacher's, you know, treating you, you should contact this number right now. I'm just saying, it really bugs me. But everything else about the show is good. Oh my yeah, god, I know. it's so amazing. I need to go back and talk about my love of Luke Perry. Okay, okay, Lu- please do. Because Luke Perry, not just here, I growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch 90210 because my mom was a good parent. My mom and dad are great parents, and they were like, nope, too sexy. You're, uh, uh, this was when I was like 10 or 11 years old. That show is too sexy. You are not allowed to watch that or Dawson's Creek. They were good parents. However, Fifth Element was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. And Luke Perry. Who he, is Luke Perry in Fifth Element? He's in the first five minutes. He He's in uh, in uh, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. He's the the stenographer for the the archaeologist. He's okay. the co-archaeologist. I don't really remember it that well. I, I remember his scene because I love when... Um, when he he thinks someone is a bad guy, he thinks the priest is a bad guy, and the priest is like, "No, I'm just trying to protect everyone." He has a gun pointed in his line de- delivery. This line delivery from Luke Perry is my favorite. He's like, "Let me explain." And he goes, 
no father like <laughs> like the way he does it it's almost andy sandberg-esque he's just like no father i'm like oh luke please come on the podcast we yeah. would love to have you on please Mallory will sit in for that one too. We will sure, love- absolutely, one hundred percent. We'll do inside the actor studio now. Please tell us about Fred Jones. Yeah, can we speak to Fred right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, the relationship of Fred and like Archie is the only likable thing about Archie. I was just about to say that it yeah. is like like he's a good father. Yeah, and he's a terrible son. Yeah, and and the relationship is believable because of the character that Archie is in in the sense that their their conflict is believable because Archie sucks yes <laughs> even in the comics Archie is like a terrible character yeah Archie is the most bland character in the comics I never and I don't understand this about I didn't understand this about the comics I don't understand this about the show why does everybody want to sleep with Archie in in so in this episode- and poor Jughead He's he's so deprived. Yeah. Like every time him and Betty are about to do something. Yep. And anytime a girl shows interest in him, he gets blocked. It's really just and it's just insane to me. I don't understand the attractiveness of Archie. Veronica's into Archie. Betty's into Archie. Kevin's Valerie. into Archie. Valerie from the Pussycats. Yep. Valerie's into Archie. Cheryl gets into Archie. I just don't get it. I don't understand what his appeal is. He's not incredibly intelligent. He's not really talented in anything. I mean, you could say that, yeah. He's a it, ginger dreamboat. Uh, <laughs> oh, what did what did, uh, what did Josie call him? Uh, Justin Ginger Lake? Justin Ginger Lake. Which, I, yeah, Justin, I, okay, I love that so I need much. to talk about Josie because. <gasps> oh my gosh, are we going to talk about the thing? What? The ear thing? Oh, yeah. I, this Oh my gosh, I gotta die. So Archie walks in wanting to audition for Josie and the Pussycats. And, and she is such a she is such a bitch. Oh and not but, and not even And not like Cheryl. She's no, not No, she's in a way un- that makes absolutely mean. no sense. And you know, Veronica, it's understandable how Veronica's kind of a bitch. Cheryl Cheryl's bitchiness makes total sense. Josie's comes out of completely nowhere. She Archie comes in and she, Oh, Josie I wrote says, some songs. Would you listen to them? Yeah. And she's like Look at these ears. I see you looking at my ears. No, she's, doesn't she say, how dare you look at... Something how, like that. Like, how dare you look at my ears? She really gets offended that he's staring at her ears. I'm like, well... He's showing you where, respect. He's actually looking you in the eye. Yeah, he's not where, ogling where, you where like you're a piece of meat. Where else would you like him to look? Would you prefer that he looked at your lady bits? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> she's like... You should be checking out my abs. I don't do CrossFit for nothing. Exactly. Don't look at my ears. Don't look at my ears. Don't I'm, look at my body. I'm lifting up that tractor wheel. Excuse me? And flipping it. Yeah. And going inside and going out, flipping it again for nothing? It's like she's saying, how dare you look at the fashion accessories that I've established to create a motif for my band? I would like you to objectify me. Thank you very much. I am very offended by you, Archie. It's really <laughs> very strange. It's very, very strange. Her, her entire interaction, like, the Pussycats and uh, pin that for later, because, mm. uh, yeah, that's our movie this month. Get ready for that, <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. I picked that for selfish reasons, but I'll talk about that later <laughs> in that podcast. I love um, that movie, just saying. Uh, Well, you're going to be busy later in the month. I, I will be busy, so that, I won't be here that's for that why. One. That's why. I, I just freaking love that movie. And I have I have the soundtrack. Well, that's Letters to Cleo, which is one of my favorite bands of mm. all time. I love Letters to Cleo. Um, Josie in this one, like, the songs they sing, 
anything we've heard them do has been a cover. They're like, oh, they do their own original songs. Nope. We, never. They do Cyndi Lauper in this one. They the do- first. Okay. Can we talk about the first? I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah, to yeah, interrupt yeah. you. The first, the first song that they play is the song that Cheryl and Jason's parents conceived them to and cheryl is the one who introduces them that way as a way to honor her brother i would what i would love for her to be like just think about that while you're slow dancing my parents having intercourse while this song is playing and my brother and i being conceived go so you're not thinking (laughs) there's just there's just it's so weird and it just continues to i mean i know we know now that she's establishing a lot of this jason stuff because she's covering for him to be able to run away with polly uh which we don't realize until after we don't realize until a lot later later. um so in retrospect some of this stuff makes kind of sense um but also again i mean they totally screw each other so (laughs) This show is very, very, very dirty. <laughs> it's it's dirty and bizarre. And it's on basic television. Yeah, there it's really it's really strange. I'm surprised that anyone was able to get away with putting this on uh yeah. CW, right? Yeah. Which I mean I mean it is a CW it was filled, but it's very Yeah, it's mm, it's weird. Jughead's narration throughout the entire series is almost like it doesn't fit into the series because no, because it's like it's too good. It's too good. Yeah, because he's like, well, he's the most intelligent one in on the show, and they treat him like he's the biggest dummy. They're like, oh, he's always eating food. Yeah, because he's he's because he's a teenage boy, and that's no, what they do? I was gonna say because he <laughs> has no money, and people are willing to pay for him. Oh yeah, and so yeah, okay, like. Like, uh, oh, and also uh, Pops degrades him to him and is like, oh, yeah, the only person here is Nighthawk over there. And I was like, show some respect. He has nowhere to go. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those where in this kind of town, Jughead is other. And so when people don't understand other, they isolate it. That's true. I mean, that's the clearest indication of that, that Jughead is different. And so people, particularly because he's from literally the wrong side of the tracks. Um, yeah. He literally from the I mean, of the part tracks. of the reason why I love Jughead is because you find out that he was staying, he was living in the old um, drive-in movie theater. Yeah. Which I I love movie theaters. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, how far are we on your list? I don't know. I mean, we've skipped around a lot. Let's see. I'm just trying to... Okay, so we've talked about Justin Gingerlake, and I think I wrote in my little list here, Cheryl is flawless and she's ridiculous and she always is on point and she's flawless. I think I said this like eight times. Um, let's see. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going through. I'm going through. Oh yeah. Uh, Cheryl is flawless. Oh yeah. The Betty and Veronica kiss. Okay. So when they're trying out for the river vixens, the cheerleading squad. Yeah. Um, she, she's like my, her delivery. (laughs) Cheryl's delivery is amazing. She goes, ladies, where's the sizzle? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She's flawless. She's perfect. She's amazing. Come on, ladies. Where's the sizzle? So good. And then she's like, well, we're going to do this. And then Veronica just starts making out with uh, Betty. And she goes, faux lesbian hasn't hasn't been taboo since 1994, which that's not true. 1999, because cruel intentions. Yeah. 
Well, my only thing was is that the, the this made absolutely no sense. I really didn't understand where this choice came from. from well, it Veronica. was it, it was like in um uh what you call it? It was like in Ten Things I Hate About You when when Julia Stiles is like, oh, we'll distract them by doing this, and she like lifts up her shirt, like. Okay, but there it made sense. This she's trying to establish that they deserve to be on the. No, squat. I'm just, I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. Like, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's just plot convenience. Yeah, and it, and it's ridiculous. And Cheryl is not amused as she shouldn't be because it's not. It's just a stupid. What? Well, well the, this is another reason why I don't like Veronica. This is a perfect scene to show that Veronica is so not on in Cheryl's. Did league. you notice that Cheryl's chair is a throne? In that scene, uh, I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a. Because Cheryl is a rock star and she is a queen. So Veronica, who's you know trying to reform her bad girl ways, recognizes that Cheryl is another bad girl or whatever, and Veronica's trying to confront that and be like, "Oh no, I can meet you, and uh, you're not as hot as you think you are." So Veronica tries to do that by making out with Betty and then calling her that, like, "Oh, I can meet your cold with my cold or whatever." And I'm just like, Veronica. You just can't. You just can't compare. You are out of your league. You have no chance at meeting the exceptionalism that is Cheryl Blossom. I think I'm going to insert a, a clip from uh, Big Lebowski right here of John mm. Goodman going, you're out of your element, Donnie. Donnie, you're out of your element. Yeah, seriously, though. She's just, you just can't. She mm. just can't compare. Yeah, and Veronica is, I think she's more upset at first. She's like, I'm the new kid and everyone's going to give me crap. And then, like, she's like, no one noticed me. And they're like, any other year. And then she gets super jealous. Yeah. Over a kid who died. Yeah. And she, and she confronts the person's, the guy who's died's sister in front of everyone trying to tear her down. So technically, Veronica is the villain. Like, this poor she girl. She really who- is. She's, she's the villain under the guise of trying to be everybody's friend. And she really thinks that she's trying to become a better person. She's just so out of touch with her own reality. <sighs> like, sigh. I know. I did, I'm sorry. It's, it's just no, Cheryl's it's, so good. It's, and sh- Cheryl... I feel like the that guy from uh, the internet a few years ago. Leave Cheryl alone! Oh my like gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah! Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. How dare you leave Cheryl alone? Yeah. Um, I I think it it just comes on like acting like uh Camila Mendez. She's she's fine. She's good. Yeah, I think she does fine as, in the as, part. It has as, nothing to do with her performance. But but well, I mean maybe a little bit. A I little guess bit. with some of her choices, but like like. Her, I think, I mean, every interview I've seen with her, she just seems like such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So, like, when her trying to be, you know, cold-hearted and and it mean, doesn't come across. It's like, as... oh, look at you! You're so angry. Someone's angry. Yeah. You're so angry. <laughs> well, uh, the actress who plays Cheryl though is is I've seen some interviews with her and she yeah, seems she's, very. She's an amazing. She's amazing. She's so good. She's just so I could watch her. I could just watch her talk. M- Madeline, you're you're amazing. You do a we love great you. job. We love you. Do not you're go flawless. Stay stay the actress you are. Don't Please. go down a Lindsay Lohan path. Please don't. Like stay flawless. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. What what if I just like tag her in the tweet when I send this out and like we find out that she likes the podcast? Oh my god, that would be amazing. Oh my god, I die. 
Uh, yeah, you can get in touch with Rutgers Bagel Basket if you want to be best friends with Mallory. Oh my God, please. Oh my God. Oh my God, please. Oh my God, I love you so much. Oh my God, super best friends. Oh my God, please. Cole Sprouse, anything you want. Come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Big Daddy. We'll talk about Sweet Life of Cody, uh, Zach and Cody on deck, whatever. Whichever one you want. Mm -hmm. The movie doesn't matter. Whatever you want to talk about. Mm hmm. Or your little cameo in uh, Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights when you and uh, Dylan are the the KB toys. No idea what you're talking about. Oh, I'll show you later. Okay. You'll be like, what the hell? (laughs) Uh, How far are we on this list? I don't know, but well, I'm I'm skipping over some things that aren't as exciting. But um, uh, uh, so another thing I want another establishing factor showing that Archie is terrible. So, Archie, Archie never Jughead forever. Oh, oh my God, I love that. Uh, so Archie and Veronica have had seven minutes in heaven. That even though, okay, so Cheryl oh, has we've them talked all, about this. Yeah, well, so I, yeah, so because I was, she she does that thing. She's like, what are we doing? Yeah, uh, no, well, we so shouldn't be doing so this, this is about the Archie Betty confrontation afterwards. But so Cheryl has them all there for spinning the bottle, seven minutes in heaven, whatever, and they all look so upset and uncomfortable. It's like, um, I'm sorry, you can't leave. You don't like her. You're trapped there. What they don't show you is that there's a bomb under each and every one of the, <laughs> their seats. Yeah. yeah, which is why they look so upset and terrified. I'm holding this clicker. If yeah. I click it, then you're free and you can get up. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, Archie and Veronica, of course, make out in the closet because 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 Cheryl that? is like, if you and you and Archie don't go in there, I get to go in there with him. And honestly, be like, go ahead. Yeah, it's just, I'm sorry, do people not understand the concept of consent? It's just, well, I mean, I guess not, but it's just very... I told you Archie's like, okay. Yeah, Archie would agree. He wouldn't care. He's like Tarzan, pretty loot. Yeah, so what's worse, Cheryl hooking up with Archie in a closet or Veronica hooking up with Archie in a closet where Veronica has tried to establish herself, she's Betty's friend, after and after Betty has expressed to Veronica in front of Kevin that... Betty has strong feelings for Archie. So Veronica makes sure that Cheryl can't get in the closet with Archie because she wants him for herself and tries to pretend like she doesn't want to make out with him, but then she does. And then she feels really guilty. <laughs> and then I just want to skip to the, I mean, we've already kind of talked about that. I want to skip to the the confrontation. Archie-Betty confrontation. It's the stupidest conver- it, confrontation. Oh my gosh. Archie is terrible for many, many reasons. And one of which is Betty comes out. She's upset. She knows that they've hooked up because shocker, because she's not a complete idiot. And Archie feels the need to justify this to her. Yeah, because she's like, why don't you love me? And he's like, I do love you. And I said, like a sister. Yeah, exactly. And Like a cousin. Yeah. And he says- like that girl at Bible camp. Right. And his reasoning behind why they can't ever be together is not because he doesn't have those romantic feelings towards her because he cares about her as as his best friend. Instead, he says he's not good enough for her, which is 100% true. Absolutely. He is so not good enough for her. Betty and Jughead forever. But also, that is the worst way to let someone down. Not that it's not possible for me to have feelings for you, just that I'm not good enough for you, so I'm going to withhold my affection. That, okay, so when I was in high school, that's what girls would say to me. Like, like they would be like, oh, you're too nice. 
You're you're too nice. I, I can't date you. You're you're too good for I'm me. I'm sorry. You know, oh, it just bothers me. Just be honest. I'm sorry. I like you as a person. I'm just not interested in dating you. It's not a. It's not about who you are as a person. It's just that you know. I, th- I think that's just as bad as saying I can't date you. You're like my best friend. Like that. That's. It's not an excuse to say you don't want to. I don't know. I just. It's not a valid. Re- well, you're my best friend, so we can't date. No, there's a difference between having someone being your best friend and you not seeing them any more than that because you just don't have those romantic feelings towards them. Archie, we're going to make it simple for you. You're not Miss Grundy. That's -hmm. all you had to say. I'm banging my music teacher. You are not Miss Grundy. Yeah. Also, are you going to put out right away? Because all the other girls will. So... (laughs) I mean, he's a total fuckboy. I mean, let's be Let's be real. (laughs) Oh, my. I'm just saying this. Uh, this show has like makes me cuckoo. Uh, it really does. Like some of the lines too. Like, like I want to talk about Archie and, and Jughead's like conversation, like their heart to heart. It's really kind of and anyone who's ever had difficulty in a friendship. It's kind of a heartbreaking Absolutely. scene. It's really, you know, I think everyone has had at least one friendship where they were best friends with somebody I've and had to, something I've happened. I've said exactly what Jughead has said. Two people. I've said that two people mm-hmm. this year. I, like, yep. Like, it, it's... It's 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 the de- hardest it's thing. devastating. When, when you have to say that to someone, it is the hardest thing. You haven't been there for me. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's it's hard and it's heartbreaking and like, I, like yeah, and poor Jughead, mm-hmm. poor Jughead. Yeah, he he's all alone. He has no friends. Yep, they've already established that he and, is basically homeless. <laughs> you guys got some nickels, right? See, this is a cup of coffee here at Pops. It's 35 cents. And I'm screwed because I only have 30. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah. I just, I think it's one of the best scenes in the show. And I think it's very relatable. It to... is very relatable. Anybody who's ever been in Not any kind kids, of. Not just kids. Like, like, you know, adults, old people. <laughs> any the, Anyone. The homeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any anyone can relate to that scene and relate to having that relationship with someone where you've established a relationship and you're close and you rely on that person and they just don't show up for you and yeah. how how absolutely devastating that can be well, with a friend i think there's something more devastating that way with a friend than it is even in a romantic uh relationship yeah because Friends are like family. They end up becoming like sisters and brothers. Yeah, to they are. They are. They are your ride or die. They are your ride or die. And so, uh, you know, they're the people that you've truly let in that you expect to be there forever. In in in, Cole Sprouse's performance in this. Oh, flawless! This is his only scene where he actually talks, besides mm-hmm. the narration, and how he goes. Archie was looking for the girl next door, and he found me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, God, I love Jughead. I love him. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Everything about this scene is great. Yeah, it's really, it's a really nice way to start wrapping up the episode. Because that's towards the end, isn't it? Yeah, it's a way to start uh, wrapping up the episode. Yeah, and, well, and in and, and Pops, I would have loved for him to be like, you start being my friend too, Archie. 
Like, yeah. Because poor Pops, he's so put upon by the people of this town. Oh, that was a that was a thing at the beginning when Veronica goes to get the burgers. Um, Hermione Lodge, this is such a nitpick, and this is such, you know, <laughs> a, a douchey fanboy thing for me to say, like a nerd. You can hear my glasses through the podcast, guys. <laughs> um, she, Hermione Lodge goes, oh, man, I've been dying for a chocolate mall from Pops. Uh your daughter is the worst because she just got you a cheeseburger. She didn't. <laughs> she, she she just got you a cheeseburger and some onion rings and yeah, and we know you wanted French fries. Well, we know Veronica kind of sucks a little bit. So yeah, there's that. Archie, you and Veronica deserve the each other. Worst. Oh yes, apps one hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, so can we talk about the actual end of the episode? Oh yeah. Okay, so Kevin and his boy toy. Moose. Right? He's with, yeah. So they make it out. And they thought, no 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 he said he'll do oh we Mo- don't know this yet right well well he's like uh you know I'm not gay he's like of course you're not gay you're on the football team <laughs> like <laughs> Kevin Kevin's delivery and he's that's sassy and that's, he's yeah. great and he goes well what do you want to do and he says anything you want except no kissing mm-hmm. it's like. Ew. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he trips over a dead body of Jason Blossom. Which is the most well-preserved corpse that was well, been you sitting. Find, you find out later that, that it was in a freezer. Oh, yeah. You fi- yeah, Haley, it was in a freezer. Remember, F.P. Jones was keeping it I in forgot a freezer in the, in the... I forgot sleep. about that. And so I he would have... And so he would have just uh, I almost it said back the snake hole lounge that's from... Yeah, that's from that's from Parks and Rec, but uh, the Serpent's Den or whatever it's called. Yeah, I totally forgot. Yes, I'm remembering that now when that's discovered towards the end of season one. I'm totally forgetting that. But his body would have been more like gross. Well, no, it was in the freezer, but it was like bent in half. <laughs> it, so, yeah. so so there would be like a crease. Yeah, but OK, so they find they find Jason's body. You could say in- it was a pressed flower. Get it? Because it's, it's the blossom. Haley, get out of here. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go over here now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Haley, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, what cracks me up about the end is that they find the body in darkness. It's completely pitch black. And the next thing we oh, know. Oh, but no, 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 no. What? The moon was shining on his corpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moon is high in the sky. It's um, the middle of the night when must they have, find this it body. It must have been a harvest moon. Like, it, it must have been as big as the sky. Like, like know the moon in, in the Truman Show, how big yeah, it looks because yeah, it's yeah. fake? Because mm-hmm. it's basically the lighting equipment. Maybe they're all living in the Truman Show and they're actually all being controlled. Okay, so I don't see you, Archie. Good afternoon, good evening, I'm just saying, what are we watching this all in a, you know, vacuum? <laughs> weird um so yeah this episode just ends so abruptly well it's just well what's crazy is that you go from them finding the body in the middle of the night to suddenly it's daylight the body is only just now being pulled from the lake and kevin's the sheriff's son so he would have called his dad to come about the body plus it's dad me and moose were down by no it's not important why i was with moose no 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 we weren't dad dad Yes, I know I came out to you, but no, 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 dead, dead. There's a dead body. Yeah, like. and then and then uh, suddenly it's daytime, and 
ambulances there to take the body. Wouldn't and, it be the morgue? And not only that, we don't see any cops, but every single character we've met who well, is relevant to the story it's been is now there. established that all of the other deputies are like volunteer in that uh, uh, Sheriff Keller is... yeah is the only real place. Yeah, but we we uh we talked about it that in the reality of that situation, they would have called the state police. They would have called the, uh, FBI. the FBI. Uh you know, there is no situation where the only um thing that's preventing people from coming is just one thing of crime scene tape and they're all there. So basically in the middle of the night, they all stayed in their um dance clothing that yeah. they were in because they were at a dance. They're all still in their dance clothing, so they never changed in the middle of the night. And then they all went to the crime scene in the morning to watch his body be pulled out. And they're they're all there. And there's no real police presence. It's all very, I mean, it's just, again, it's Riverdale. So the logic doesn't matter. Also, with but... all those people being there, it'd be super distracting. Yeah. Like, like I would love for, like, the, the coroners, like, to be putting the body and looking around and be like, Wow, there's a lot of people. Oh, jeez. And like the bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, it's just, it's all very bizarre. I mean, there's no, you know, to a point, I can suspend disbelief for certain things. You're just looking at this, you're just shaking your head. It's like, this is just, I can't even make any kind of logistical argument for this. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. Versus you could have had a montage of people hearing about the news. Right, right. Which would also, make far more sense. I mean, like like they did in Donnie Darko. Like when, when Donnie dies... Spoilers for okay, movie. Thanks for ruining a movie that I wasn't expecting to watch. Yeah, it came out eighteen years ago. It came out in two thousand. You had plenty of time. But the movie ends with so the a jet turbine lands in his bed and he's not in his bed. The whole whole movie is about time travel. So to save the woman he loves, he goes back in time, stays in his bed, and the jet turbine comes and kills him. When everyone finds out, everyone's in bed in the song. All around me are familiar. Mm-hmm. So that's play, playing as everyone finds out. Yeah. That's what they should have done. That just, I think it would have been simpler and it just wouldn't have been so bizarre. You know, the whole the whole show is just weird and crazy and fun. And then that whole last scene, I'm just like, why is everybody standing there? You know what I would have loved if an FBI agent did show up and it was Kyle MacLachlan's character from Twin Peaks. It was Agent Dale Cooper. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Huh. Let's see. What am I going to do here? Ooh, there's a malt shop. Do they have a phosphate? Damn fine phosphate. Damn fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just turns into Twin Peaks because you have an actress from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Would you have loved it? Yes. Yeah. Dark Betty Bambalan. <laughs> I knew you were about to do that. So how many bagels? Ooh. I think I'm gonna have to give it eleven. Okay, so as I was, pi- I was tempted to I, give I it like say, fourteen, should, but I'm I, gonna give it eleven. I should say for a pilot, how many bagels? For would, a pilot? For a first pilot? For a first pilot? Like this is the pilot? Um, for a series? because uh, because you've seen like so many pilots for TV. Sh- I I'm gonna give I like I need to give it like twenty bagels. Only because the only reason why I, is because it's just it's a show that you just want to keep watching. There's yeah. no part of this that you want to say. You're like, oh, no, no, no. I need to see how this what is going to happen. And not even because you find the mystery interesting. It's just the show is just nuts. As a strong pilot, I agree with you. I'm giving it 12 bagels. 
I'm sticking with my 11. I'm really sticking with my 11. Okay. It's a strong pilot. I think it's, it's one- a very strong pilot. Yeah. I think of the CW shows, it's the st- strongest pilot I've seen. Um, I really like the Arrow pilot. The Arrow pilot's a little too slow for me. Okay. I, I'd say that this is tied. Like, my favorite pilot that I've seen in recent years was the Flash pilot. I would mm-hmm. say this is tied with the Flash. Yeah. Like, Well, Flash is like a perfect 13 for me. But yeah. this, this is tied for being, like, a great pilot. This yeah. is a good pilot, especially for a series that isn't aimed at neither one of our demographics. No, absolutely not. This, this is aimed for, you know, teenagers and 20-somethings. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're just barely out of the demographic. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, I mean, I think the reasons why we're into this show are not the reasons why the demographic is into yeah. it. We're into it because we recognize all of the things that are so wrong with it and don't it's love it so right. and don't and don't love it in spite of those problems we love it because of them so we've come to the end what are we doing next oh my god i'm so excited because i've i've never seen the show that we're doing and this this is basically why i started the the not your average because it's a play on a saturday morning cartoon a yes. beloved one but it's also a very well-established TV show Which that is, I've never seen. Yes, and it is a television show that is one of my all-time favorites of all time, and that is Supernatural. And we will be watching the episode Scooby Natural, Scooby-Doo meets Supernatural. Which is weird because everything this month has been Archie-based Hanna-Barbera stuff. Hmm. That's funny. That's so weird, yeah. right? That's a little weird. Or did you plan it that way? No, I really didn't. <laughs> Just kind of happy accident. Yeah. So until next time, I am Scott Curland. And I'm Mallory Saverin. Bye. Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer w-r-t-r bagel b-a-g-e-l basket b-s-k-t on twitter or email us writersbagelbasket at gmail.com we want to hear from you we want to know what you want to do submit fan art submit a logo do anything because we want to hear from you and if you have show suggestions email them